Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Elaine Taylor-Klaus with Impact ADHD, your online resource for parenting complex kids. And I am excited to welcome you to this episode of, of our podcast, What You Wish, What Your Kids Wish You Knew. And I am welcoming a fabulous, spectacular guest today, Hannah Myshek, who many of you may know as the daughter of the one and only Diane Dempster. But today, Hannah is here in her own right, talking to us about what life has been like to be a complex kid. So Hannah, welcome. I'm so thrilled you're here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome. I'm excited to have this conversation. So let's start by talking about what makes you complex. Like from your mind, from whether it's, you know, issues that you've dealt with or challenges, whatever it is, what makes you a complex kid? What does well, it mean? for more generally, I have anxiety, ADHD, and some learning differences, but um, getting more so, into... So those are the labels, right? Yeah, so, but those what are the labels. Right. So what that means for me is I am very bad at organization. That's probably the, the biggest one for me. I also am terrible with focus. I get distracted very easily. And it gave me, ADHD gives me a big personality, if you could say. And that it, it kind of scares me sometimes, but I'm very like open and out there. So I think it, it's got pros and cons. Right. I was going to say it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it has its days, no. right? <laughs> yes, very okay. true. So trouble with focus, trouble with organization, and sort of dealing with what it means to have a really big personality, right? Yes. Which is, is something that I think a lot of adults come to terms with, but it's kind of hard to have that as a kid, I imagine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's go back. Why don't you tell us your story? And I, and I know that, that on some level, whatever these diagnoses or labels are, weren't with you all the way along. This is an evolving process. So what was it like? What were the challenges that showed up as when you were a kid? And how did that change as you got older? Yeah, so when I was a kid, even in elementary school, I had the same struggles that I have now with organization and focus and things like that. But when you're that young, to older, like your peers, your older adults and stuff like that, they kind of write it off as just being a kid and not being fully developed. But as I got older, 
they can, my lack of organization and focus and things like that continued and in some ways became more prominent in my life. Mm -hmm. So when I was in fifth grade, my mom had me tested. And I know that sounds like a very scary word, but it really was just, we did some reading comprehension and things like that. It like, wasn't like this big thing. Um, we like the word assessment. They were, you, we yes. had, you were assessed, right? Exactly. Evaluated. Assessed. Right. Yes. Yeah. But they told me the word tested. And so when <laughs> me as a little fifth grader going, wait, you're going to, what are you like, are you going to hook me up to like machines or like right. what's going <laughs> to, what's going to happen? But no, assessment is a great word for that because that's exactly what it was. And the results came back negative, but they came back borderline, but they came back negative. So we didn't really, the physician couldn't really diagnose me. So we just kind of like went, like went on with our lives. My mom still focused on, you know, like I wouldn't say symptoms, but focused on my organization skills and things like that. And then I moved on to middle school, which middle school in general tends to be very hard for people because it's like transition. But it just got a lot worse. And like, I went downhill, like my grades were like awful. And like, I was not focusing. And so we had we, I got tested again. And this time it came up positive. So that's when I started taking um, medication for my ADHD. And it worked like, very well for me. Like, I definitely after that, believed that I had ADHD because at first I was like I don't even know what ADHD is so like uh, how do I know if I have it type of thing but whatever I was taking was definitely helping me at least a little bit so and when you started taking it do you remember if you knew what you wanted it to help you do like were you clear what the change was you were looking for yeah so I was definitely looking for focus because it it kind of annoyed me the fact that I couldn't last longer than five minutes in a conversation before going, oh, look, you know, let's go do something else. Shiny. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly yeah. what it was. I just, I could not stay focused. I could not stay in one place at one time. And honestly, going into higher education, you read more and, yeah. you know, not being on the medication and not, or not having, you know, tactics to help you control your focus. I just, I hated reading so much because I'd have to move around and I could only get through a couple of pages before becoming so deathly bored that I had to go do something, you know? Right. Yep. Okay. So what we've got so far is that ADD should be renamed shiny object syndrome, right? (laughs) And, and that really bright kid, as you are, can mask it for a long time because you were bright enough to sort of compensate and to do well enough, even though you weren't doing as well in school as you should have based on how intelligent you were. Yeah. But still, you kind of knew something was going on, but, but because you were a really bright kid, and this is pretty typical of kids with ADD, it took longer to, to figure out what was going on. Yes. Um, I think I also heard that the word testing was a scary word and we should consider replacing that for for younger kids with something else. I really do. I think if like for me, when I heard the word testing, the first thing I thought was, what are my friends going to think when they find out that I'm being tested, you know, 
it's yeah. kind of like, you know, how are they going to look at me different? Because like, right. regardless of what, you know, kids may tell you, they do care about their social status and they do care about how they look to other people. So yeah. like finding, like having to tell people or even not having to tell people, but it just was. What would they think? You just exactly. worry about that when you're a kid. Well, yeah. and what really strikes me is that, you know, you're the, you're the kid of an adult who does this professionally. Like she, she knows what the situation is, what the environment is, all of that. And it was still scary for you. And I, and I imagine knowing your mom that she talked to you about it and it was still hard to understand it as a, as oh, yeah. a right? It definitely um, was. You know, when you get, when you think about treatment for, for ADHD in particular, all of these issues, but particularly that, there's sort of two pieces to it. One is the medication, which was a real mm -hmm. support for you. And then the other is the management piece. And you were getting the management support, but it wasn't enough without the medication to be able to help you use those management skills. Exactly. And it was the combination that really made a difference for you when the two were combined. Yes, exactly. That's sort of capture it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so you were sort of going through middle school, things started to what I call hit the wall, right? Finally got a diagnosis, finally got some support to, to go with those skills. And then what happened? How did that unfold from there? Well, what happened was I started taking the medication when I was about 15. And I've also had anxiety my whole life, but because ADHD was so prominent and distracting me, I never really realized that I had it. It was kind of like masked underneath. So when I started taking my medication and started using different forms of management skills for my ADHD, that was under control. And all of a sudden, the anxiety came to the forefront and was like, hey, I've been here the whole time, but now you notice me. So that was a really big thing for me because I had no idea what was going on. I would get like chills and cold sweats and like my heart would pound at just like when nothing was happening, like when I would just be sitting there and doing nothing, watching a movie or anything like that. And um, I was really confused as to what was going on, like the emotions that I was feeling. And I think the most important thing for me is that because I like, I'm the type of person where I don't like not knowing things. So I typed in everything I was feeling on the internet and stress came up. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. I could be stressed. Like I'm a teenager. I'm doing lots of things. I could be right. stressed. And then my mom showed me a video of the difference between stress and anxiety. Oh, I remember and that video. We will have to share that again. I remember that. Yes. One. Yep. So I watched that video and I realized I was like, I don't have stress. Oh. I have anxiety. Right. Because, <laughs> um, well, obviously as a teenager, I do have stress, but that is completely different. Like that's um, a completely different subject than my anxiety. And that was very hard for me to understand the difference between the two. So here's what I want to do. I want to put a pause in that. Let's take a break and then let's come back and talk about that and how you use that to help you manage now because it's a really critical piece that I think will help a lot of people. So let's hang on yeah. for just a second and we'll be okay. right back. Okay, welcome back. We are, our guest here is Hannah Myshak and we are talking about what your kids wish you knew. So Hannah, you were just saying that there's a difference between stress and anxiety. So let's sort of finish that piece of the conversation. 
Yeah, so I realized that I was actually anxious instead of just stressed. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make like double, triple sure of that. So I talked to my mom about it and she took me to a psychiatrist and we did another assessment and it came back positive for anxiety. Now, the interesting thing was that back in fifth grade, when I did my first assessment, anxiety popped up in that assessment, the one that said that I didn't have ADHD. So I don't know how we missed that. <laughs> But um, when we went back and got tested, my psychiatrist said that I definitely had anxiety. So I started taking medication for that and was able to more clearly, you know, take care of myself in in a sense. And I actually have a a therapist (laughs) who is like my best friend and she helps me manage my anxiety. And um, yeah. Yeah. So here's what jumps out at me is that you asked for help when you realized there was something else going on and got the support you needed. Once once you were clear, it sounds like each t- step of the road, once you were clear what was going on, you were then able to say, okay, what is, what's the medication? What are the skills? What's the treatment that I need to, to manage this? And that you've been a real partner in management. Like yeah. you've been part of this process all along. Yeah. I think that's very important because it is kind of like your life. And so, you know, you can ask for help, but you kind of have to take the charge in that and like actually ask for help instead of waiting for people to sense something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Which can be hard for some people. A lot of kids really, a lot of people, I will say, really struggle with asking for help. Yeah. So, so what helps you manage now? You talked about having a therapist, so somebody that sort of works through the emotional stuff with you. Yeah. So actually, I want to touch more on my therapist because she okay. really is kind of like a lifesaver for me because I believe medication does not do the whole job. It helps, but management is also the, the bigger piece of the puzzle. Right. And so what my therapist did was she could kind of, she could sense when I wasn't telling the whole story and she'd, she'd make me tell the whole story, but she'd also give me techniques and tactics to, for management purposes. So I actually have a journal where I wrote down a list of coping mechanisms for when I have an anxiety attack or when I feel like I'm getting really overly anxious And I just, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you just close your eyes and you pick one. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I do. And it works nine out of 10 times. So you really have managed the anxiety piece with a combination of therapy and medication and then applying what you're learning to your own conscious management, right? How has that played in with ADHD? So for ADHD, Pinterest is my best friend. Um, (laughs) I love Pinterest a lot. And like I said, the main thing I struggle with my ADHD is organization, you know, ways to organize different things in my life, especially in school, because you get lots of worksheets and papers and stuff. And 10 out of 10 of the time, I lose them all. Um, right. Not even nine out of 10. I, I am guaranteed to lose all of them. So what I do is I go to Pinterest and I literally just sit there and like I type in organizational, you know, techniques and stuff. 
and I see what works for me. And um, well, and that's key. Right. So, so in terms of the ADD, the therapist isn't there for you for the ADD. She's really helping you manage the emotions. And for yeah. the ADD, it's about skills and strategies and figuring out what works for you and the exactly. combination of all of them. Okay. Yeah. So what do you wish your parents had known or understood back in the day at whatever age you want to go back to? And, yeah. and you got two parents. So however you want to handle this, <laughs> I <laughs> defer to you. Yeah. So when it comes to my mom, my mom is a a very go-getter type of person. So the one thing that I wish she hadn't known was that she should have pushed harder and like getting me assessed and uh, actually figuring out from a younger age, because I understand that when you're a kid, it can be a scary thing. And it can also be like a, people are going to look at me like a freak type of thing. But looking back on it now, like I am about to go off to college in a couple of months and I wish that I had known sooner, you know, ways to be able to take care and manage my ADHD and anxiety and things like that. Because image is not what's important. What's important is knowing how you work and being able to, you know, make sure that you are a hundred percent capable and a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, making I get it. Yeah. So, so really understanding how you click, how you work. And so even though you knew when she was doing some of the management stuff early with you, had you known it and understood it, you could have taken ownership of it earlier. Is really what I'm hearing. Exactly. And I would yeah. have been uh, more ahead of the game than I I am now because I mean I'm I'm a senior and I'm still struggling with organization issues and focus issues. Now, granted, I will be living with that for the rest of my life, but you know there are ways to manage it and make it work for you. Right, and you're moving in that direction, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I hear is that a lot of it has to do with you saying, okay, this is mine to manage and asking for the help you need, but knowing that it's your responsibility to do it. So yeah. how do you feel like? Well, several questions I want to go to. I don't know which way to go. So what messages do you have for other kids who might be listening, who might have similar experiences to you? I think the most important is that just because you have a learning disability does not mean that you can't function at the same level as kids who don't. I go to a pretty rigorous uh, high school and they expect me to be on top of my game just like everybody else. And I have to manage not only keeping up my grades, but also all the performances and all the arts and all the, you know, extracurriculars that I have to do at that school. So you can do it. I feel like when talking about learning disabilities or mental disabilities and things like that, people think, oh, this is kind of like a cancerous thing. Like it's going to set me back, but it's not going to set you back. You just have to, you might have to go the extra mile to figure out how to get to that point in your life, but you can do it. It's really, you just have to be willing to do it, you know? So I'm, I'm curious as you say that, sort of what do you feel like the gift has been to you? What have you learned from all of this? And I know we're sort of at time, but I think this is really important because what I hear you saying is that it may feel like it's a setback and it's hard, but there's something else. Yeah, well, I think for me, personal achievement is kind of the gift of it. Like I look at other people and I say, I may not be, you know, 
like like them as far as like learning disabilities, but I can still function the same as them and I'm putting in more effort because I kind of have to, you know, so it's kind of like a personal achievement type thing. Like I feel, I feel proud of myself for being able to overcome all of that and still, you know, be able to, to succeed just like them. Yeah. Yeah. So you've really, there's a strong work ethic and a real Mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment. Oh yeah. Hard, well-deserved, I might out. Really well-deserved. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the conversation. What's your final message? Like, this is your soapbox. You get to talk to parents all over the world and mm-hmm. say, this is what it would be really helpful for your kids, for you to understand or know. What do you yeah. want to tell Listen to your kids. <laughs> talk to your kids. Don't just talk to them about chores and homework and things like that. Actually, like, have, like, heart-to-heart conversations with them. Almost every night, my family sits down and we have dinner and my mom will ask us what made us laugh today. And it's small things like that are that are very important because they will allow your child to feel more comfortable opening up to you. Because I will tell you from personal experience, I would not tell my mom if I was struggling with anything for that matter. So just pay attention to your children and don't just assume that everything's fine, but also don't assume that nothing is fine, you know? Yeah. Well, so I want to clarify in the early days, you wouldn't have told your mom because you just, because I don't think. What oh, you, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the early I days. Clarify, because I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. <laughs> Yeah, not really. No. I'm not going to get in trouble, really. I'll, I'll get in trouble if I don't. <laughs> we'll both get in trouble. Let's clarify what you meant by that. Well, yeah. So when I was younger, I, I like most kids and teenagers, they don't really tell their parents anything. Um, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Now I tell my mom everything, like literally everything. I'll I'll tell her, you know, what. You don't my, have to tell us what you tell us. I will. No, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'll tell her everything. But um, when I was younger, I wouldn't tell her anything. And I feel like that that's just kind of, you know, the separation between teenagers and their parents. But I feel like if you, you know, take the extra step to kind of connect with your child on their level, then they'll appreciate it. And then they'll also put an effort to, you know, communicate with you because it's all about 50-50 relationship. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Perfect closure. Thank you, Hannah. Our guest has been Hannah Myshak, and we've been we're on the podcast What Your Kids Wish You Knew: Parenting with Impact. And I want to thank you, thank you for your time and your um, and for sharing yourself with with our tribe today. Thank you for uh, having me. Oh, truly a pleasure. It's my honor. Mm-hmm. And to those of you listening, thank you for tuning in and for being here. You can find a ton more resources for you at impactadhd.com, and we will see you in the next podcast. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast.
Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.